Welcome to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast, where once a week we'll have some time to share with one another, looking at God's Word and how it can better our walk with Him. Please have your Bibles ready as we begin our time of study now. Welcome back to By Every Word. I'm thankful for you listening this week, and I'm thankful that we can continue our study together, studying and viewing God's Word. And in this lesson, we continue our series, Examining God's Plan for Salvation. In lessons past, we have studied all the parts of God's plan. And today, we will begin looking at baptism. For the next few weeks, we'll be examining, firstly, examples of baptism that were given in the book of Acts primarily. We will also be looking at questions in regards to baptism that I have heard, that I have seen presented online about maybe what takes place during baptism and things of that nature. So for the next couple of weeks, we'll be studying baptism in regards to what God says about it in the Bible. And throughout our study, we have been discussing salvation and how God grants salvation to those who are obedient. God's plan of salvation is perfect for God is perfect and his will is perfect. At this point, we have discussed how a person has heard the gospel. They have believed what they have heard. They have repented of their sins, and they have also confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Son of God, or something along those lines, confessing the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He is the Messiah, and He is our Savior. And that confession, of course, taking place prior to baptism. So the part of God's plan that we are currently viewing, the part of God's plan that we are at in our study is baptism. In our modern religious climate, there are few topics that bring about much more controversy or disagreement than baptism. Additionally, there are a lot of beliefs, both truthful and factual, that surround baptism and its role that God determined it should have in a person's salvation. Today, we will look at what the Bible says in regards to salvation and the fact the Bible shows us that baptism is the point of an individual's salvation. Then, Lord willing, as we have mentioned, we will continue to dive deeper in our study of baptism in the coming weeks. But to begin our study, to begin our view on baptism, we will look at Acts chapter 2 together. And in our study on repentance, we discussed how John the Baptist had a baptism of repentance that he was teaching but also the fact that his teaching was about a baptism leading unto salvation. John's baptism did not grant salvation. Rather, it was leading unto salvation. Salvation, of course, being impossible without the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So there is no way that the baptism of John could forgive a person of their sins. It was a baptism of repentance. However, in Acts chapter 2, we have the first gospel sermon preached on the day of Pentecost. Jesus had already lived at this point. He had went through his ministry. He had been crucified. He has been resurrected. And he had ascended to heaven. And this is all before this section of Acts, chapter 2, when we have this lesson that Peter is presenting to the people on the day of Pentecost. And now the apostle Peter here was delivering the first gospel message, the first time the good news of the New Testament church was delivered to the people. And we'll view this together in Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 37. There the Bible shows us that the people are responding to what Peter has been talking about. 
And there the Bible says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And this should be the response from all of us at one time in our life, if we want to be faithful to God. The fact that you are here today listening, the fact that you are studying God's Word with me today, shows the fact that you care about the Lord, you care about what He says and want to do what He says. It means you are focused on being obedient to God, and you want to receive the gift of salvation that Jesus has purchased for you with His blood on Calvary. Then we get to Peter's response in verse 38. The Bible says there, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The first thing we must notice here is that Peter is answering their question, that question being, What shall we do? The answer was, as we just read, that repentance and that baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Of course, the first thing that had to be done prior to baptism was for the people to repent. However, this was a part of the plan of salvation, not the baptism alone. We have already studied and discussed the importance of repentance for one who wants to receive the blessed gift of salvation in prior studies. We cannot take any part of this plan and make it above another, take some out, as we have talked about again and again. Repentance alone is not enough, and even baptism alone is not enough. It is the fullness of God's plan coming together that grants salvation from God in that blessed gift that Jesus bought for us on Calvary. And after all this, we see the continuation of Peter's answer, Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This baptism is for the forgiveness of our sins, and with it, the accompanying gift of the Holy Spirit. And this gift is not one of being able to perform miracles and signs and wonders, and we will study this later. But rather, it is one that accompanies every Christian when they are baptized. Even to this day, anyone who is baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of their sins will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue on in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 39. There the Bible says, For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many of the Lord God will call to himself. And with many other words he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. We see here the fact that the, those who were baptized were added that day. Baptism, of course, shown throughout this chapter as being the point a person is given the gift of salvation from God through the blood of Jesus. And we understand that because this was Peter's response once they were pierced to the hearts, wondering what shall we do? Peter says, this is what you shall do. Be baptized. The Bible says we are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. And we recognize that we are not baptized in John's name or Elijah's name or anyone else's name. Rather, we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Secondly, we understand that baptism is for our forgiveness of sins. And the Bible does not say it's done to reflect on, 
or spirituality to celebrate somebody who was able to be saved before they were baptized is not setting an example, and it's not a testament of our new life as Christians. The Bible says baptism is for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we will look at in future studies, there's a lot that goes on during baptism. And Romans chapter 6 tells us this. And 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 21 tells us this. Both of those which we will study in detail in the future. But we understand that forgiveness of sins is granted through baptism. We also see how the life of a Christian should be post-baptism as the people there continued in their devotion of their faith to God. The great thing about baptism is that we are not only given one example of baptism in the Bible, but rather we are given many. Acts chapter 8 gives us three examples of baptism for salvation. And Acts chapter 8 starts in verse 4 telling us of both the people of Samaria and as well it tells us about Simon the sorcerer. It also tells us about Philip who was there preaching the gospel to the people. Simon the sorcerer was well-renowned at this time for his sorcery and what he was able to do when he showed the people. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 8, verses 11 through 14, they were given him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. When they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, man and women alike. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. The people of Samaria were infatuated with Simon the sorcerer before the good news of the gospel that Philip had brought to them. The Bible says they were astonished by what he was able to do. However, when Philip brought the good news to Samaria, the Bible says they were all baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon, who had gained notoriety, was convinced by the good news that Philip had shared. Continuing on in Acts chapter 8, we'll look at verses 14 through 17 together. There the Bible says, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. And while we will study this topic a little bit more in detail today, and even more so in future studies, Lord willing, for our understanding for this moment in our study, we will quickly go over what is taking place here. There are two separate gifts of the Holy Spirit, one that we all receive with baptism in the Bible and even now to this day as Christians and one that we're looking at now, the ability to have miraculous works and signs and wonders we are able to perform. One gift of the Holy Spirit accompanies salvation with baptism, and the other is to prove the power of God to those who had not yet been baptized. It was to confirm the power of God and the saving grace of Jesus in Christianity. And this fact is shown to us again in Acts chapter 10, verses 44-48. There the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All these circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? 
And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. And this passage is an example in the scripture of God showing the Jewish people, the being the circumcised ones there, the fact that the Gentiles were also able to receive the blessed gift of salvation. Also, here's another example of the fact that the Holy Spirit allows the ability to perform signs and wonders, and the Holy Spirit that is given with baptism is not the same. For if it was, baptism would not be needed at this moment, for they have already received the Holy Spirit. Signs and wonders is one gift which we cannot obtain today. However, we can obtain that blessed gift that comes with the gracious gift that God gives us of salvation for the forgiveness of our sins through baptism with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today, we are not offered, nor do we need the ability to perform miracles and speak in tongues. Why then will we try to receive the gift or fool ourselves into thinking that we need that gift? Hebrews chapter 2 verses 3 through 4 tells us, How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. The purpose of miracles, signs, and wonders was for the confirmation of the gospel and the word of God being truth. However, today we are blessed with the fullness of the Bible. We are blessed with the completion of God's Word and all of the words and the stories and the things that it teaches us. The Gospel is already confirmed to us today, for we have the fullness of it through our Bible. We also understand this when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8-9. through 9. There the Bible says, Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. We see here through the gospel the difference in the gift of the Holy Spirit for works and signs, and the gift of the Holy Spirit for all New Testament Christians who are baptized. Only one is offered at salvation, and that is our concern for our lesson today. In summary, we do receive the remission of sins, newness of life, and gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism. However, that does not mean that we can perform miracles. Rather, this is a promise for all Christians to have the aid of the Holy Spirit in a non-miraculous way in our walk of life. This also reminds us of John the Baptist's prophecy, that the one who came after John would baptize not with water, but with fire and the Holy Spirit. So with all this in our minds now as we study, we can better understand the fullness of Acts 8 that we have studied so far. The gospel is for all, salvation is for all, and the only way a person can receive the gift of salvation in the world today is through baptism. The next example we will discuss is one we actually talked about in our study together last week. The Bible gives us a great example of an act of conversion of God's grace through salvation with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 8, verses 27-29 tell us this. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, a queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. 
This eunuch was confused by a passage of Scripture, and Philip, guided by the Spirit, was there to help him in his lack of understanding. Going back to Acts chapter 8, we'll read verses 32 through 33 that show us the passage from Isaiah that was causing the eunuch so much confusion. The Bible says there, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate to his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. As Bible students, we understand that the Bible here is talking about Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. Then the Bible shows us Philip in Acts chapter 8 telling the eunuch about Jesus, using this passage as a starting point. And we're able to make a quick tangent here, but it is important for us to remember in this verse just how incredible the Word of God is. With all the old law pointing to the coming of Christ and all the New Testament and Christianity being the reflection of Christ and the fruition of God's plan, we are able to use the Bible to tell the great story of Jesus no matter what we are studying or where we are in the Word of God. Let us continue by reading verses 34-36. through The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say of this, of himself or someone else? Now Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Imagine being the eunuch wanting to understand this verse and what it means, unaware of the story of Jesus and the fact that this prophecy had taken place. Imagine even more the joy in knowing the victory of Jesus Christ. Imagine the feeling of hearing God giving you His only Son on the cross. Now, if we are faithful, if we've already heard and we believed, at this point, we too want to do whatever was necessary to receive this gift of salvation. This eunuch wanted to become a Christian. We see this more clearly beginning in verse 36 where the Bible tells us, As they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. Immediately upon finding water, the eunuch wanted to be baptized, for he had heard the good news. He was aware of God, his plan of salvation, and this plan was from him, for him, and this plan is for everybody else as well. Some people like to claim that the eunuch was saved prior to baptism. However, nowhere in the Bible do we have the authority to make that claim. Furthermore, let us look at what the Word of God says in verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. We understand here that Philip's duty of spreading the gospel had been fulfilled. The eunuch had received the blessed gift of salvation through baptism. And now, coming up out of the water, he goes on his way rejoicing, telling others about God. I think it is no mistake here that the eunuch does not go into the water rejoicing, but rather rejoices after coming out of the water. For baptism, repent and be baptized, each one of you, for the remission of your sins, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, as we study today in Acts chapter 8. I hope this lesson has been beneficial to you as people who want to do the Word of God and listen to the Word of God. 
Next week, we will continue, Lord willing, our study on baptism, continuing with our overall study on God's plan of salvation. If you ever need any help or if you have any questions, feel free to email at beachhilyouth at gmail.com, B-E-E-C-H, hillyouth at gmail.com. I would love to help you however I can, however we can, at the congregation of Beach Hill. Thankful for you. May God bless you and your family. Have a great week, and may we always live by every word.